0: and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest of joining us in Canada is Janice Harper, and we will be talking about her new novel, Jonas and the Mountain, a metaphysical love story. An Eastern mystic, a Western psychic, and a broken man who falls in love with them both at a holy magnetic mountain. More than an unusual love story, Jonas in the Mountain, is a quest for the deepest truth, an excursion into the nature of reality. Jonas had been living a half life since he lost his marriage, his college teaching position, his best friend all at once. In about this moment, he hears a voice in his head and strange poems start to come to him. Janice Harper is a writer, singer-songwriter, actor, and former adjunct English professor turned expressive art therapist. Her new novel, *Jonas in the Mountain, A Metaphysical Love Story, brings together her lifelong passions for the creative art, philosophy, spirituality, and metaphysics. And although an ostensibly belief fictional, it is the truest work she has ever written. For more information, you can visit Janice's website, which is JaniceHarper.ca, and that's J-A-N-I-S-H-A-R-P-E-R-C-A. Okay, with that, I'd like to welcome Janice to the show today, Janice.
1: Hello, Robert. Thank you so much for having
0: me. It is my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to talking about Jonah's. Um, but also about your work your life's work and and that as well in the journey so um i, I guess the first i wanna start with um, what inspired you to write this particular story
1: mm, okay that's a that's a good question um, <laughs> in thats time <laughs> <laughs> I call it a novel, but it's really a lot more than a novel. Um, it's in a novel form, and so there's an engaging story and, um, and you know a lot goes on that you can read as a novel. But at its core, it is really delving into two different um, paths to truth, and one is a uh, non-dual path. So you can think of that in terms of Eastern non-duality and Buddhism and Hinduism. Uh, um, and the other is a path that is more metaphysical in nature. So you think of channeling and you think of spirit guides and you think of creating your reality. So for me, uh, since I was quite young, uh, I have been... Participating in both of these paths, and I I felt a, a drive to to see if they could be reconciled. There is the the sitting in silence um, and feeling the oneness, waking up to enlightenment, waking up from the dream to enlightenment. How does that um, reconcile with creating your reality, and multiple dimensions, and various cells, and the simultaneity of time. Um, Where is enlightenment in that? (laughs) So, uh, this novel was my way of exploring those two paths, um, and I give Jonas the job of figuring it all out, (laughs) because he um, he goes to a, a holy magnetic mountain in India, which is a real mountain, um, is called Arunachala in South India, and it was the home um, of Ramana Maharshi, who is a great um, sage of non-duality, and from him springs a, a long lineage of um, non-dualist teachers, Gangaji and Muji and um, even people like Adya Shanti and uh, Rupert Spira, Robert Adams, uh, David G. They can all be seen as um, as in lineage with Ramana Maharshi, who lived in caves at Mount Arunachala in India. So Jonas ends up going to um, to this holy mountain, um, like I did. So there is a very strong autobiographical uh, streak in this, and he um, falls in love with a, a guru, an Eastern mystic, and spends time on silent retreat there, as I did. Um, I went back. I've been to India about six times uh and he also when he's there he encounters someone who is more in the metaphysical domain who who knows stuff <laughs> who um who is like an open channel and she is her her knowledge um, is is based on what i know as well so he um he he gets mixed up in, in with both of these different teachers um and uh yeah, and and is concerned which which one is true with a capital T and uh and explores that through them. That is an impetus mm-hmm. for writing the book.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well and you know, and it was and I, I, I hadn't realized that autobiographical aspect of until we became Facebook friends this afternoon and I looked at their page uh um, or in the, you know, the mm-hmm. anyway I had a time with that mountain, <laughs> but, yeah, Well, uh, yeah, yeah. you know um, one of the things that uh, I had an interview early on and probably about seven, eight years, six, eight years ago from someone from Australia who wrote a book um, and included elements of his life, but, but put it in a a story or a novel format. And mm. um, he called it he called it faction. <laughs> you know, as far as faction. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's
1: there's other words being uh, there's a new a new genre that's called um auto fiction, which is autobiographical fiction. <laughs> um oh. yeah, but that just looked, that yeah, that just looks after the autobiographical part of it. Whereas um, yeah. for me there's there's also the the philosophy, the spirituality and the comparative philosophy and the metaphysics and the duality. And there's also another strand, um, which I think is a really important part of the book, and that is um expressive arts therapy. So I'm an expressive arts therapist and Anna Mika, the that we'll call her the Western psychic teacher in the book. She discovers as she is sharing what she knows um, on a variety of subjects. From they're um, hmm, they're their listed at the back of the book just to give just to give the listeners a taste. Anamika talks about stuff like after death and interpreting your life story and reincarnation and time dimensions, partner cells, the body and illness, etc. Um, she discovers as she is sharing what she knows um, as she is giving a kind of satsang, which um, which the, the more traditional guru is giving, which is you know, everybody is sitting and, and um, taking in um, and meeting the truth of what the person is sharing. She discovers that she wants to allow her students to find a way to make her teachings real for them, bring it into their bodies, um, let them experience it somehow. So she um, ends up uh, becoming an expressive arts therapist without (laughs) really even knowing it. She has people draw and and write and move um, and also meditate, of course, but do so in a more of a somatic way, a whole body way. So. There is that strand going on too. <laughs> There's a lot going on yeah. in this novel. <laughs> There's just
0: uh, expressive yeah. art.
1: Yeah. So there, there are her teachings, um, but it all seems to fit. You know, it, it does. It does uh, is not disjointed at all. Um, at the end of the book, uh there is uh, an appendix which are Anamika's exercises and meditations for the reader to to use. Uh, herself if she if she wants so you can experience these meditations and exercises yourself um and indeed i actually um uh, take listeners through that on a, I have a um an eight episode podcast on um my publishers channel and also many of those places that you say that your podcast is on topics mm-hmm. and i read yeah, mm-hmm. i read aloud um ten minute excerpts. Of, of the book, and um, several of them are spoken in Anamika's voice, and I take you through different ex- expressive art activities. Um, yeah, so there's that too. That's that's a whole other thing, but yeah. that's that's a part of the the so-called novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You well, know, and and so now, as far as uh, the wisdom um, of Anamika. Is, where did that come from? Is that, is that um, from, basically, is that kind of like your, what you have learned? Um, mm. it,
1: yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. The readers might recognize some elements um, that are similar to other uh, channel sources. There's a lot of similarity to, um, Seth, I think, channeled by Jane Walbridge. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, one of the reviews I got from a, a reader said, if you like Seth and Abraham, read this book. <laughs> so there are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are definitely similarities, um, but it's also unique because it does come through me and also through Different kinds of channeling experiences that I've had um, on my own and and with others that are not um, documented really, other than than here <laughs> in Jonas and the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it well, they they're, they're, mine. they're mine. They come from me. Yeah, first.
0: Uh, you know, I've I want to see that. Um, now one of the things um, you mentioned that there are exercises. You know, um, mm-hmm. um, exercises. Now, one of them I thought was particularly interesting, and that was the second exercise. It's called, um, novel interpretation exercise. And, you know, and it talks about, you know, a book, you know, a novel, and how one can, um, uh, use or take away, I guess, you know, the wisdom of a novel. Um. A, uh, in other words, kind of they can apply it. They can apply a novel, um, a novel, wisdom to one's life. So, I, I, would you mind like sharing, you know, that novel interpretation? Because I think it, you know, since your book is a novel, you know, I think it mm-hmm. would be helpful, listeners, to, to be able to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Did you want me to talk about it? Do you want me just to read the um, the Little exercise.
0: Or well, oh, um, because, yeah, well, yeah, so why don't you go ahead and read the exercise because, you know, and then, then let's we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, so, yeah, this is number two. It's titled Novel Interpretation Exercise, though it could very well be titled Life Interpretation Exercise. Okay. So, here I'm going to read it. Do you read books? I know, because you've read this one. (laughs) When you read, say, a novel, you know it's not the real world. If it's good, you might get lost in it, suspend your belief for the sake of the experience. It becomes real to you in a way, and reading the novel becomes another experience that is yours and that you can share with others who have read the same book. Just for a minute, imagine that your life Your world is like a book you're reading, a good book, so good that you may have already forgotten that you're creating it all. You've suspended your belief for the sake of the experience. You may indeed believe that it's the real world. You are the main character, the protagonist, of course. Look around you, those objects, that person even that tree, are there for a reason. To create an atmosphere, support the plot, lay the framework for action, draw a scene. Look at your hands that hold this book. They are shaped a certain way, beautifully drawn, unique to you. You have expressed the shape of your hands, your body, the features of your face, just as you have expressed everything you see, every situation you're in. It's an intimate and ongoing art project, and that hand you see is in everything. Just for the heck of it, put this book down for a minute. Only close your eyes this time. Welcome back. Here's a little writing activity for you. Give yourself five minutes for each part, and don't stop writing. Don't worry. No one will judge you. No one will even read it but you. This is for you, just you. How would you describe the scene you're in now? Don't forget to pay attention to mood and atmosphere. Five minutes. The next question, after that's completed, if your book life has three major themes, what would they be? And again, five minutes to write on this. And finally, what are the three main struggles of the protagonist? And that's you. Again, five minutes. So that ends that exercise from the book. And you'll See that it's a way of turning one's attention to looking at one's life as one would look at a novel because it is Anamika's uh, belief that everything that you see every situation you're in your body it is all uh, you are the artist creating it that it is all you and to understand on a, on a deep level, uh, what's going on and why you are in the situations, uh, or health or relationships or whatever you're in is to take a step outside and look at your life as if it were uh, a novel or a fiction or a play, an art project and, and look at what those, what are the three main things of your life. Well, what keeps appearing again and again? What are repeating symbols? These are all clues um, that, that there are messages. There are messages there for one. The three main struggles, um, the themes, even just taking a look at where you are right now, and this includes um, how when you are writing about where you are right now, you are also um, writing about your feeling of course you're not you're not separating what you see outside of yourself from what's going on inside and that's another one of animative um, contention is that um the outer is a reflection of the inner hmm. does that make sense Robert hello
0: Sorry about that, Janet. There was a little technical issue there. But yeah, it does make sense. And, you know, and what I really like about that, in particular about that um, exercise, is that, you know, as someone goes through reading your novel and recognizing what your characters go through and do, you know, actions taken, that then has been, um, I think, uh, easier to try and, you know, visualize within one's own life, you know, those similar struggles, the similar types of, um, you know, blockages, but also the, the simple truth, you know, and, and the following that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And Jonas certainly does encounter, he, he brings he brings a lot. He's got a you know, a lot of pain, a lot of baggage that he takes with him uh, to India. I think you read a little bit of the synopsis before uh the show started in the top of the show about yeah, his is falling apart. Um and he it all comes up for him, um in various ways in, in the silent retreat with the guru, whose name is D, um and in various ways and he ends up um really working working through that, because it does appear. Uh, it, all, it all comes up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, very much. Nice. Now, you broke your um, book down into different parts, um, and, and five parts um, that include, that are like um, medicine wheel, um, a- aspect of the medicine wheel. So, can you tell us, oh. you know, why you Why that, why are you both not like that, tell us and maybe the the influence has in your work.
1: Oh Robert, I never, um, I haven't heard the connection with the medicine wheel before. Hmm. Um, Oh I'm curious about that. (laughs) Um,
0: Well the the elements that that you 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 break it down into five elements you know and and, um, like the mountain, part one is the mountain earth and then you have Dreams, fire. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about about the uh, that right
1: Yeah, yeah. So it is uh, structured by by the five elements. Um the the first part is the mountain, which is earth. Uh that's part two, dreams, fire. Then part three is relationships, sounds, four is confluences, water, and part five paths, air. Um now sound isn't really an element, it's really ether but um but it works in the novel and also sound is um sound is how uh, the only sense um that one has um in ether. Hmm. That doesn't really make sense. It is explained <laughs> uh, in <laughs> the, the, the novel Um and about how each element um hmm, Each element, earth is is the the basis because it uses all five of the senses. Um, And then as as we get more um, subtle, we get to ether, and then sound is the only, um, hearing is the only sense. So, in terms of the book, um, in each section, there is the, the text is is highlighting a particular element so in the relationships um that section is there's a lot going on <laughs> relationships um, and sound is is prevalent in that um in that section there is a, a an interweaving narrative that goes on in the book so it begins there's the chapter on Jonas and then the chapter on Anamika, and it goes back and forth that way. And then when it comes to part four, which is confluences or water, the two narratives intertwine, and then everything starts to come together, not just with Jonas and Anamika, um, but in terms of the two paths that I spoke of before. Um, Mm-hmm. The, the non-dual, the metaphysics path, and everything, but they all come together, uh, and, and then then we end up with part five, which is paths and error. Um, and in terms of how this happened in the book, I, I didn't really make a very conscious decision that this is how it would be structured. It the book itself, as I was writing it, seemed to want to take that structure. Uh, writing this was really a um, a very thrilling, passionate, creative time for me and I feel like I was just just taken along um in the writing of it. I never stopped to go, Oh, I'm going to structure it this way and oh, was not this good here? <laughs> um of course there were there was revisions and edits and finessing that went on after. But um I, yeah, the, it just found this this structure with the five elements. Um, Are you there?
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. And I just I'm no, 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 I was going through you know, to go through that. And, and, um, yeah, you know, the the one, um, when, it, when you talked about it kind of the rotis, not rotis stuff, I mean the kind of mm. slow kind of just happened. I. I one of my books that was the very same way. you know, I, I started mm-hmm. writing and I was shown what to write next, and I did, and you know, and you know, that uh. better, you know, uh, you know that um that that will worked. But you know, mm-hmm. I think ever you have that kind of um, interaction with inspiration, that it you know, it's one of those that you. You lose that that ego, that sense of self, time, you know, all of that kind of goes put aside for for what information to come through. At least that's what it seemed like to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh yeah, creativity. I mean it's it's the the inspiration, the the, the becoming that open channel, um, and letting Letting it all come through, and that's uh, that is that ties into the interpretation exercise I just um, read and talked about. And in that, yeah, that is how we create, and we we are endlessly creative when we're when we're writing or drawing or making art of whatever kind. And um,
0: and Anamika
1: says this: this is also your life, (laughs) like everything. Everything around you—that is all part of that of of an ongoing art project that you are immersed in and creating. Uh, And one way to see how you're doing it, you know, when you're when you're sitting down to write, if you're if you just if you're opening your inner senses and listening and being being that open channel and being fully present, that's when the magic occurs. That's when um, that's when it all comes flowing through, and there is a, by the same token you you can do that in your own life you can you can be that open channel and be fully present and feel and see how how the creativity how your creativity is is manifesting in your own life
0: yeah so yeah uh. <laughs> Well, we're about halfway through the show, Janice, so I want to take a quick break, and I do want to invite listeners, if you would like to call in and ask any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening, I and a check-in. If you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. And then when we come back from break, Janice, um, one of the characters in the book, uh, you know, we kind of, receded from the world so and then mm-hmm. kind of up. So mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the idea of, mm-hmm. kind of, of working out. and also, you know, the whole idea mm-hmm. of receding life, okay?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, thank you.
0: Great, okay. everyone stay tuned, we'll be right back after this very brief part. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. a different thing with us again today. My special guest is Janice Harper, and we're talking about her new book, Jonas and the Mountain, a Metaphysical Love Story. And again, you can find out more by visiting Janice's website, which is janiceharper.ca, and that's janisharpe dot C-A. Okay, with that, we're back. Janice?
1: Hi! Nice to be
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So, um, when, when it comes to uh, you know this particular period of of the pandemic and COVID, so many people have um, receded into their own you know little cocoon. In a way, we've um, had that for quite some time. So um, now, in, in your book, how, how does the how do characters move from the scene to waking up, and what does what does waking up mean to you? Oh, oh that's
1: a big question! <laughs> wow, <laughs> oh, and interesting that you brought the pandemic into this. Cause
0: for me it, that's a different kind of yeah it, huh. so. Well the reason is I mean it's because we have there have been so many folks have mm-hmm. you know um question so many people are questioning all of the systems that they thought were there you know all of the the, the, the illusion has been torn away in many ways um the you know so Mm-hmm. And in this particular, see the idea of being woke for lack of you know um, terms. You know it is in the forefront of our our thought. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because so many, so many of us are being forced into a into being recluses, right, or hermits, and, and receding from the world uh and because because I think the feeling that it is thrust upon them um is there, it's very uncomfortable for so many um it's and so there is a a wanting to reach out in other ways such as such as podcasts, listening to podcasts and social media uh, what what's going on in the book um when Jonas meets a guru, who is based on um, a guru who I sat with on retreat for for um, off and on for a few years, he learns that the way to wake up from the dream of life—that um, is to to fall into the capital R reality—to um, be silent and still and Receive from the world, and this is something you know. You've heard of, um, you've heard of yogis and, and um, Indian yogis living in caves, um, and you know of the um, pasana and meditation retreats where there is silence and stillness, and how that is a way to um, to wake up to reach enlightenment because you aren't um, immersed in the busyness of one's usual life. So mm-hmm. in that yeah, in that um how it is how it is described and not only by the guru in my book, but by many other teachers, um, non dualist teachers, is that um, what you think of as your life and what appears as objective and outside view and all of the drama that um, that is going on is that you get one gets hypnotized by that one gets immersed in it and it gets removed from really the the truth which is uh, that there isn't really a subject and object and that you aren't really separate from anything. So so being still and Quiet. Whether you are deep in meditation in a cave in India or or, or not even sitting, but even just walking down the street with a, a clear mind, you aren't um, getting distracted or hypnotized by all of that stuff that's outside of you, that's drawing your attention here and there and away from, from your capital F self, um, which is another way of, of of describing source or consciousness or oneness or love, uh, or God, if you'd like to use that. Yeah. So waking, so the silence and the stillness. This this is in a, in a practice. So in a spiritual practice is um, is aimed toward waking up because you're dissociated from the comings and goings and the this and the that and the blah 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 of it all.
0: Yeah, And yeah. The, that's a very,
1: more of a, of a, yeah, sorry? Go ahead. I was just going to say that's more of a conscious practice than, than being, um, forced into reclusivity by, by a pandemic. <laughs>
0: mm. well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I understand, yeah. I understand. Yeah, the a too. And now the, the, um, how to, does, one, uh, I understand, you know, the practice of, you know, balancing the mind and um, kind of getting to that the moment of, you know, of, of peace, I guess. Um, now, how does, um, how do, does one, can one get that same type of uh, benefit, the benefit that brings forth through activity so, you know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't mention a little bit of argument on a walk and that kind of thing, but I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just curious as to how mm-hmm. people sitting in silence in the practice of silence <laughs> can really be tough, um, but you know, so how, how can, one maybe be mm-hmm. of that but mm-hmm. what do
1: you think? yeah so there's there's a lot of teachings around um uh, and they they're called um yogic teachings because of course as we know yoga isn't just physical postures but but um a way of uh yoga means like union or yeah. the union of the soul with the divine so there's various strands of yoga and one of them um I believe it's Raja Yoga is um, is how you can practice um, what we're talking about uh, um, w- while being what's called a householder. So if you don't you don't you don't have to be the ascetic. Um, you can if you're if that's part of your nature to um, to want to just dive deep inside and and away from distractions, or you can um, practice while you're a householder or with, in your daily life, and the simplest way, and right now I'm not speaking out of any yoga tradition because I don't want to come across as an expert in that, <laughs> um, okay. but one one way, and something that's very popularly bandied about these days is the term mindfulness, right? And I, I always thought it was a, such an interesting term because mindfulness is really, the, the intention of it is being without mind, <laughs> so it's it's mindful, but it it really is aiming towards mindless. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. I'd like to say mindlessness, <laughs> though I understand that there's that connotation of of um, doing something without <laughs> thinking about it and careless, etc. But in terms of going about one's daily life, um, being fully present. Um, means ultimately not thinking. Because if you are fully inhabiting the present moment, and that's all there is, is right now. There is just this moment. If you are fully inhabiting it, then you aren't thinking. Your mind isn't doing its thing. You... um, when you're thinking, it's it's about a past or it's projecting into a future, right? That's all that thought is. So if you are present right now and fully present, you aren't thinking. So that would be a practice that one can do while one is immersed in the busyness of one's life is just, I don't know, in Buddhism they call it uh, the witness, the observer. Um Mm-hmm. But that that also implies that, you know, you're thinking but you're watching your thoughts. But what I'm talking about <laughs> is something even <laughs> even more pure, which is not having thoughts, getting to a place of clear mind. And um and then whatever happens is just happening. Um Yeah. yeah. And that's where yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: I Yeah, very much. Um, so, what is, what, what, does enlightenment play any role in Jonas um, in the so-how?
1: Oh, ah, enlightenment is really the crux of his whole concern about how to make this creating your reality and manifesting and and how there are multiple dimensions and channeling and partner. So where is enlightenment in that? So for him, he has, and like I did as well, spent really many years in, um, in a, a kind of a clear mind state or, or off and on, but, um, but being there. And he, He has an experience where his head cracks open, which is what happened to me actually on the first time I met this this guru guy, Um, and he actually heard hears a loud crack, and then suddenly it's a whole different thing. He he disappears, his his who he is is gone, Um, and he he Mm -hmm. lives in this enlightened state, still a state for him so he and like, like me too not enlightened because being enlightened um in this um, in this context means um it's not a state <laughs> it's just reality it's capital R reality you have woken up from from the world where there are states and you are resting in all that is really um, not even resting, but you know, doing your thing, living your life. So there is that. He, he's experienced he, before. He didn't know if he even believed in enlightenment. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wonders too if, well, maybe this whole enlightenment thing—maybe it's just like creating your reality. Maybe, maybe you—it requires belief in it. Maybe if you believe in enlightenment, then. Then you can get there. Or maybe, maybe all of these gurus and sages and and teachers who claim to be enlightened, maybe they're enlightened because they believe in it. So he he, uh, he <laughs> is wrestling with 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 that kind of stuff. So enlightenment is that crux of his whole uh, of his very overriding passionate concern about what is true, capital T true. Um, because in Anamika's world, the creating a reality world, um, enlightenment isn't really a part of that. It, 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 there's no waking up. I mean, both both the Eastern mystic and the Western psychic say that um, what we see outside of ourselves is basically fictional, that we are creating it. But in terms of the Eastern mystic, there is a capital T truth. You just kind of, you wake up. And you become enlightened. You step out of that that um, that fiction. Whereas with Anamika, the um, the Western psychic, you um, you are learning. You're constantly learning and you're growing. And it's the whole life is a school thing. Um, and you are it is the wonderful excitement and passion and, and creativity. And, and the idea is to see how and why you are creating your life the way you're creating it. But there's no enlightenment. There's no waking up to a, a stateless state in that. Um anyhow, that that is what that is what she says. And I'm not going to give I'm not going to give away any spoilers here because that <laughs> might change. You have to read the book to find out. <laughs> um, if uh, if she continues to hold that <laughs> that perspective.
0: <laughs> if, you know, this, you know, pardon me? <laughs> that was a good teaser there for
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so,
0: well, yeah, Well, know, well and, yeah. And, and particularly with my listeners, you know, we, we delve in a lot of times into uh, spirituality and meta, you know, metaphysics and, you know, a lot of times we talk about, um, you know, whether or not um, enlightenment is um, kind of you know what it is, is it, it uh, worth pursuing? how does it look you know I mean it's to, to me yeah, one of the things that I, I think I saw it somewhere um, I don't know the previous guy talked about enlightenment they said you know you get to a point and you feel what you've achieved enlightenment and then what you know it seems yeah. like it's not really an endpoint, um, but mm. rather a a process of living, living or, creating, or mm. creating.
1: And perhaps an ever deepening into it. I know with um, mm. with this guru, who the character D is based on, um, he says that he is there all the time. I mean, he. Uh, he doesn't even his words don't even come from from a person because he's not really a person anymore. And yet, um, there's stuff that does come up. And so I, there is a with him, I think too. There is a a deepening, uh, perhaps. Uh, yeah, it's uh it's yeah. That's 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 a big question, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't it's, it? Is it? Does it continue to be a prop?
0: Sorry. Mm -hmm. Good. Does it continue to be a process or there's a recent endpoint and and if if there is an endpoint I don't certainly I don't think there is an endpoint and you know and I don't Mm -hmm. I just a daily expression you know that uh, kind of get Mm -hmm. into that um and, and I I kind of have to chuckle with all the mindfulness shows I've done <laughs> when we talk about now from the point. Every time I hear of a you know mindful kind of approach I'm going to think mindless I because I mean but you do have a you, did have, you do have a point there you know that, that, that um you know that you kind of eliminate you can be so in the present that you eliminate everything else yeah. But um but that's that's tough to
1: do. Yeah, you you eliminate the chatter in your head. Because as we know, the chatter in our head is what uh what gets us in trouble. <laughs> right? Like is how <laughs> it's, it's how we're we're interpreting um anything, whether it's you know, an interaction with a grocery store clerk or, or with our partner right. or um you know, we, we have all this stuff that we we bring with us. Um If we're not enlightened, that is <laughs> if we have all the stuff that we bring with us, and it's reinforced by the chatter in our heads all right um so you know whatever you are telling yourself at the time um or however you are interpreting um you know we all there, there's stuff that happens, and it, it how we see it, it of course varies with each person because uh Mika would say it's because we each live in our individual
0: realities.
1: Um, Because we do see everything completely differently, depending on really where we're coming from, and yeah, Mm -hmm. getting rid of that chatter, that chit chat in the head, is a way perhaps of um, of seeing more clearly, of seeing what is, Mm -hmm. if there is, if there is a what is. Annamika might say Mm -hmm. that there is really that there's nothing out there, (laughs) Um, so that's another thing: is 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 there, you know, an objective reality? yeah well, so but what is <laughs> <laughs> what is mindfulness to you Robert? Um,
0: well up until today you know being in the moment and well you know it, it is um, you know being as present as possible you know and uh, you know and you know mm-hmm. you know focusing actions on you know just just on the present and and anytime I find myself mm-hmm. wandering into the past or into a potential future um mm-hmm. scenario um i i that to me I know then is time to kind of come back you know um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not save the past and not project the possible you know um mm-hmm. but in fact kind. What is it I'm doing today? What am I doing now? What needs my attention? You know, um, yeah you know, pretty much as, as much as possible, you know, living in the moment. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. But, that's not, but again, my triggers are every time my mind drifts to the past or to a potential future. That's my trigger to say, hey, <laughs> you know, you're out here walking mm-hmm. in nature. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right. You know. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I'm still going back to what you said about COVID because I just found that quite interesting. Yeah. On one level, we all have this immense opportunity to to explore, to to dive deep inside, or else to explore this this being present, this mindfulness. Because if we do find ourselves isolated um, from others it's an opportunity to um to be with oneself and to do that kind of practice to um one can get there through breathing, just paying attention to one's breath. I mean being mindful is really like meditating, isn't it? Isn't it a form of meditation? Um yeah. Yeah. And not that, you know, I'm suggesting, oh, everyone who's is isolated should meditate. <laughs> that, that might not sound so attractive. To people, but there is one. There is an opportunity to deepen one's awareness um, to go inside and maybe induce some expressive art activities, like like I have the muscles, <laughs> which are there to help one one explore oneself simply. Um, and I yeah. do know it's, it. No, it certainly seems that there's lots going on in podcasts and and um, and and groups and, and courses where people are. Using the arts more to explore themselves and connecting with others in in various groups and um, to do that. Well, I think people are during this time using using um, using a creative way to 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 deepen themselves and and check and explore to go within. Uh, You think?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. You know, I mean, mean, it's... but. It, to me it's just been a you know a, a period of um global um kind of a, a, a global oh it's such a global experience you know with, mm. with people uh, isolating people from all across the world you know doing all different types of approaches to handling you know um a a situation that is Both individual, uh, community, country, you know, all all of those, um, worlds Mm -hmm. are affected, you know, and Mm -hmm. and it's interesting, you know, that we've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of creativity Mm -hmm. come out of this particular. Um, I've talked Mm -hmm. to many of guests who have written their (laughs) books during the (laughs) the pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. and and now a lot of care for the, you know, the, the book uh, promoting that has to go on afterwards would being isolated, but nonetheless, uh, it, it does yeah. spur creativity. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I want to say I wrote I wrote my book several years ago, <laughs> but yeah. I, I didn't self-publish, yeah. so it took a took a little while to to get picked up um, by a publisher because it's such an unusual um, book that doesn't really fit neatly into a genre but um yeah we are we are in such a special time, in that never have we been so as a global community so joined so so as one so together, and yet we have never also been so on an individual um level so apart, so isolated, so there is this wonderful paradox that I just i find quite fascinating that we we are more. We are closer than we've ever been because we are all going through this, <laughs> and yet we are also um more on our own than we've been Yeah. Oh, that's just inherently socializing. I do think on another yeah. level, we actually are more tuned into each other, that we aren't really um isolated uh, that's right. physically, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I agree. Gosh, well, we're, we're down towards the end of the stone, Janice. So, what things what do, do you hope the reader, the reader will take away from reading um, Jonas in the Mountain?
1: Oh, that's a lovely question. Um, I wrote a, a wee little paragraph, actually, that's on my website and my um, Amazon book page. And um, I'm just going to read that. It's Dear reader, I hope Jonas in the Mountain will become a companion to you, one you can turn to again and again to help you answer the big questions, or show you how you can answer them yourself. I hope it will help you acquire new ideas and ways of looking at life, as well as new questions. I hope your world will widen a little, become imbued with magic and miracle, and open up to what seemed impossible. Finally, dear reader, I hope you love reading Jonas on the Mountain as much as I loved writing it. That's uh, good. That's what mm, I it hope.
0: Does. <laughs> That That is a, a wonderful ambition. And, and, uh, and, and the story does, um, it, it's a wonderful story. So, mm, thank you. Um, and I love the fact that it might actually even be a little bit of auto fictional. Yes, <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Absolutely. It's no. not, not just a novel. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on your show, Robert, and giving you this opportunity to, to engage with you and your listeners. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Janet, and I appreciate you spending your time talking with us. And, and now we're connected on Facebook. I look forward to following your journey there.
1: <laughs> cool. Thank you. And bye versa.
0: <laughs> thank Thank you. And then everyone, today my special guest has been Janice Harper. We've been talking about her new book, Jonas in the Mountain, a metaphysical love story. And again, you can find out more by visiting Janice's website. This is janiceharper.ca. And that's J-A-N-I-S-H-A-R-P-E-R dot C-A. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing
1: inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.